When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Welcome to Fatigue Index. Uh, This is a semi-regular uh, I think this is maybe your third or fourth spot on here, the uh, guest this week, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Tyra, if uh, you follow me on the Twitter, which I'm sure you do, you will have seen some of the... You will have seen a, uh, a tweet last week uh, that has become very topical this week about international football and uh, our 12, the, Liverpool's 12.30 kickoffs. So yeah. Jordan Tyra of Twitter fame. <laughs> Twitter fame, yeah, I'm not sure I like that title. Uh, yeah, it's the, the tweet definitely took off a little bit. It was uh, it was quite interesting. I mean, I can't claim it. I was literally, um, I've been following something. It was Michael Reed. I've got it here in front of me. Michael Reed originally tweeted um, a graphic that LFC TV has put together from Opta. So, you know, it's relevant. It's it's valid da- uh, data. I say data then, uh, data. And um this was before the Wolves game early in the season, um, which was our 12th lunchtime kickoff, 12.30 kickoff following the international break. We've then since had the Merseyside derby and then following this international break, obviously we're going to have the Man City game as well. So the numbers wise though, this is where it gets a bit interesting. Um, so at the Man City game will be our 14th 12.30 kickoff um, after an international break, whereas the next team in the list is Spurs with six, Chelsea with six, Man United with five, and then Man City will be up to fit their fifth with the, with our 14th. Then you've got Arsenal with three, Everton who will now be on four, and Watford make it, make up the list on three as well. So, you know, it's um, it's not pretty reading. And I think this is why the, the tweet probably gathered a bit of momentum because it, it's quite an ugly stat when you look at it. There's clearly one team is... You know, playing these twelve thirty kickoffs more than any other team in the league, and that's um, that can rub people up the wrong way a little bit. And I think that's what's happened here. Obviously, some opposing fans have, have liked to throw in some of their opinions, which have been quite funny. Um, 
and the, the classic stop moaning sort of thing. Um, but the stats don't lie on this. That's serious to have 14 12.30 kickoffs after an international break, which we'll go into the science in a second. We know why that's a potential issue. And then the next teams are on six, six and five. It's it's like, that's not fair. Um, something's clearly awry on that one. Um, and that's that's where I'll leave, leave it there. Yeah. So it's interesting that... Um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. The the 12.30 kickoff is um, the fulcrum of the argument because other teams get very common 5.30 kickoffs or uh, 8 o'clock kickoffs. Mm. And no one's arguing about their the volume of those mm. as a, um, an impediment. So why do you think it is? A couple of things. Let's let's go down the angle of first. What is the impediment to a twelve thirty kickoff? Okay. Well, follow yeah straight after an international break. We, well, anyone who's ever been on a long haul flight, you know, let's say, and then first and foremost, we know footballers aren't going. You know, Ryanair, EasyJet you know, standard class. They're, they're going to be going first class. But anyone who's ever been on a long-haul flight, regardless of what class you've been in, say to South America, America, Asia, wherever you're going, you know you feel groggy after it. You feel rubbish after it. And that's us standard humans, basically, not highly tuned elite athletes. Um, so now when you you add that in to, say, high altitudes, multiple different time zones, and then you start to add in, oh, also we want you to train and play at the highest possible intensity in international football, you know, the pinnacle of football, let's face it, um, or should be, um, then that's seriously taxing on the body in that international break. So as we know, um, international breaks typically like a week and maybe just over depending on, on which team and what the schedule might look like. If you're then asking them to fly back, um, your body's just about got ready, you know, you've just about got accustomed to the time zone, wherever it might be, South America or Asia. You're then flying back to the UK, your body's all over the place, your circadian rhythm is completely out of whack, you know, that just natural cycle that you you have in your body throughout a day. Um, you, you're trying to sleep when you need to be awake, you need to be, you know, awake when you're trying to sleep, and it's just all these things are going wrong, and then straight away, you're coming back in a 12.30 kickoff in, you know, away at Man City sort of thing now, um, or any other fixture it, it's not ideal and you know again this is where I think the fact that Liverpool have had so many of these kickoffs um if it was across if it was evenly distributed everyone would go oh it's fine because you know we had last international break this team have got the next one but Liverpool have had every single 12-30 kickoff after an international break this season I think they had every single one last season as well I, th- I think I saw that could be wrong on that so correct me if I am but um it's not a fair distribution and that's the problem because 
you know, I've got a suspect, I've got a suspected feeling of why these might be happening. Um, and we know that police dictates some 12.30 kickoffs. And I think that might be the case with this Man City one. They moved the kickoff forward. Um, it, it might have happened as well for, for the Merseyside derby to try and limit drunken behaviour and all that sort of stuff. But even if you took that factor into account, you shouldn't have a team that's done 14 of these 12.30 kickoffs compared to 6, 6, 5 and 4 and 3 sort of thing. So, Indeed. There's, lo- there's lots to, un- to unwrap with that. I'll go forget the science and stuff for a second and go, um, what what is it about Liverpool? Liverpool's fans that need to not be drinking. Yeah. Like, do no other fans drink? Uh, yeah. uh, Liverpool are famous for going around smashing shit up, aren't they? Like, what is it? Why do Liverpool's fans need to be controlled by uh, early kickoffs mm. so they can't have a drink before the game? Like Tesco's not open selling special brew at six a.m. Yeah, like what? So is that's that's a nonsense? Mm. Um, is it? I think the grand scheme of things, Liverpool are the biggest football club in the world from uh, from a Europe from an Asian following. Yeah. So um, it fits earlier in the day, works with the the later time zone in um, in Asia. So a 12 o'clock kickoff will be between five and 11 o'clock at night in Asia. Mm-hmm. So it captures the it captures the Asian market is my belief. Yeah. Um, and so it's a money grab from the Premier League. I'm. I'm not believing of the conspiracy that they're trying to impede Liverpool in any way. It's just that they're trying to make maximise the income, um, and Liverpool have to suffer to put up with it. Yeah. That that would be largely my belief. Um, what? So let's talk about a little bit of the science of uh, of the twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, um, uh, there are lots of studies about. There are lots of like different factors that that can um, that it can be affected. So um, let's let's start with City. That's probably the fairest of yeah. all of all of the opposition we could be playing against. Man City might be the most fair fair um, opponent because uh, they have between four and seven players traveling to South America. Um, mostly on the same plane. And so as a consequence of that, they're going to have all of the physiological issues because of the travel and lack of sleep on the way back. But um, what they're not going to have is extra training time. So so I want to categorise these things differently. Is that Liverpool's 12.30 kickoffs, say, against... Uh, we just played Brentford, so, so I'm just going to use those as an example. Liverpool, If Liverpool played Brentford at 12.30 um, after an international break, Brentford have got three internationals, Liverpool have got 12. Mm. So more players can play, can stay to prepare and train for, the, for that game yeah. from Brentford than from Liverpool. So already, automatically, that's an advantage. But you have the further away the the international plays, the fewer days they have to train when they get back. Mm-hmm. So there's the increase in advantage. So if we're not talking science at all here, you're just yeah. talking purely football, they have more training days to, to prepare than mm-hmm. Liverpool do. So there's one impediment. Does that make, do, 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 would you agree? Yeah, 100%. And if you think of any team... You know, any player in any team, 
they will tell you that when you fly after international break, you might be playing in a completely different system. Players might be playing in completely different positions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're learning again, almost mini and mini windows of learning playing in the international setup. And then they've got to come straight back and slot into a squad. So this, this one's like you say with, with city and most of them being on the same plane is quite funny that, you know, you're going to have all these South American players who have been playing at completely different altitudes, different time zones, different systems, you know, different positions potentially um, coming back in and trying to slot into what was happening before the international break and then go straight into arguably the biggest fixture of the season for both teams. Um, one of the biggest fixtures in the world. So it's like from a Premier League perspective, it kind of is a bit silly because it's like you probably want this to be your best fixture. This is your showcase fixture sort of thing. But is there, uh, So my argument to that would be I'm not arguing in favour in any way, my, but my argument to the Premier League thing, don't you want the best quality mm. um, on offer in in your production, which is, you know, that that is where your brain would go. Do you yeah. not want the best version of this to be transmitted yeah. around the world? Is the best version the most technical, technically, tactically prepared or is it fucking chaos? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great point because Man City Chelsea was just carnage, and everyone's talking about it still now, you know. And and it was, yeah, it's one of those that gets more eyes, isn't it? And it's it's what you want. I think from a football lover's point of view, you you we would want a technical proper masterclass, you know. Like uh, I'm thinking like the Champions League second leg when we went to City and and absolutely outplayed them off the park, and Firmino scores a lovely, lovely goal to finish it all off. That's the sort of performance you'd want to see. But I think. Yeah, people would want the spectacle, wouldn't they? They'd want like a, a four-three, you know, a mad three-two. Hopefully, without any VAR drama, which would be nice for once. But um, that's probably, yeah, what what will happen because of the the the, the chaos with the international break in between. I'm not, chaos is probably a strong word, but still, yeah, it doesn't help the situation. Well, chaos in the in the it's the the t- the players are less prepared. That's also they literally the the South Americans won't have had a training session with their yeah. team, so. What happens? So, from a from a um, a football coach's perspective, from a daily life in Premier League football, what tra- what does a training session look like? Match day minus one. Well, you do you walk through the team and your starting team. So straight away, that's our goalkeeper out because <laughs> he's in Brazil. Um, so it's your, it's your main number nine, Darwin's out because he's in Uruguay. So it's like your main pinnacle points essentially that you would have throughout your team that you would be running uh, certain set plays. You'd be running through certain playing out from the back, then trying to flip it and how the opposition might play out from the back and how you would press in certain directions and stuff like that. Straight away, you're altering that and going, oh, somebody else go and stand in for Darwin, you know, because he's, he's going to be in there, but he's not here at the minute. Oh, we're going to play out from the back, but we can't use Allison. Uh, Kelleher probably go and stand in there or Adrian go and stand in there. And you, you're going to, you're going to pretend to be, Alison. So straight away, it, it's square pegged round hole sort of thing. And yes, you could say, oh, these players should understand how to play the systems and yada, yada, yada. But we all know we're talking fine, fine margins here. Fine, fine margins. So, and that can make all the difference between three points, a draw and a loss. So straight away, if you've not actually got the players who are going to be playing on Saturday training in your team with walkthroughs, with set pieces, who's picking up who, all that sort of thing, it has a knock-on effect. It does have a knock-on effect, you know. And just from a coach's point of view, it it feels a bit a bit off when you're saying, oh, we will have him in tomorrow. Oh, we will have him there. Or we will, you know, it just it's just just not the same. What what would what be what would be the point of having 
if there's no benefit to having that session pre uh, match day minus one of um, embedding whatever nuances to the tactical system they mm. want for that game that for for set pieces for yeah. the next game why do it yeah like it's really important from a head coach's perspective to have that session yeah so it must have benefits and that is what's being removed by the yeah. particularly by the the south americans and the the ridiculous south american um travel yeah so that's a real world football problem yeah what are the physiological demands? Firstly, let's go of... Um... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, travel over more than one tr- uh, time zone. What what can you tell us about travelling past more than one time zone? Cool. Well, like I kind of touched on it earlier. With this, the minute you go over those time zones, certainly if you're going to South America and things like that, your body, it, it, it's, it's out of sync. Your circadian rhythm, you know, like, that, that just that general thing which kind of tells you to wake up when you don't set an alarm that's the easiest way to describe it that the, the body kind of knows i should be probably waking up now um and then kind of around just after lunch two o'clock when you just hit that bit of a lull and then you get that bit of more adrenaline again and just things start to wake up again and then the evening comes around and you get you start to get sleepy again that's your circadian rhythm now the minute you then throw your time zones out of whack and when your body has been used to you know, most days of the year, I should be waking up now. And all of a sudden that's, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, you, you, your body's just out of whack and it just throws everything off. Um, and we know hormone uh, balances change throughout the day. So typically uh, men have more testosterone in the evening. Um, so, you know, that, that hormone which gets us going really helps for performance and things like that typically happens in the evening. So we know or well, afternoon, evening, it starts to kick in. So we know three o'clock kickoffs, five thirty kickoffs, evening games, not games under the lights. That's when we're kind of most at our primed and hyped. Um, all of a sudden, if we've flipped the time zone and that's kicking in at half eight in the morning, things are things are things are off. So yeah, that's the, that's the problem with the time zones, and that is why you know even if you're not a high highly tuned elite athlete, even if you're just you know a businessman or woman flying across the world, when you sit in there trying to concentrate in your morning meeting, but your body thinks it's eleven o'clock at night. It, it throws you off and it's difficult to, to do that. So now ask them to, you know, run at the speeds we're expecting to run, cover the distances we're expecting to cover, execute, you know, eye of the needle passes. And, and you know, it, it, it yeah, it's not the same. It's just simple, simple as that. It is a matter of science. It is a matter of fact in that, that we do know that that is the case from a physiological standpoint. 
So I, I've seen, there's a few studies I've seen around. Uh, Burgo ran some uh, on the Aussie football team. And so basically, um, on a bit, uh, there's a meta analysis of 13 years worth of data of international teams. And the Australian uh, players that had to travel back and forth, like old school Tim Cahill, yeah. or I don't yeah. even know who's in their team anymore. But there are usually some, uh, some lad I presume is English that happens to be an Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A place for Brighton or something. Um, <laughs> I, um, but but the the their research showed that of all of the international teams, the Australians are the ones that suffer from uh, fatigue and for post international injuries through uh, their long distance travel. And their long distance travel is further than what the stuff that we're talking about. That's why they moved most of their games to Europe to yeah. have for their European players, but. They still have to do when in in, uh, in group games and stuff. They still mm. have to play in Asia. Yeah. Um. And so we're talking six or seven hours difference. That's six time zones. Uruguay's nine. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking the most extreme versions here, and the ridiculous altitude that yeah. um, that Diaz played in the highest. Uh, football pitch in the world yeah. um, two international breaks ago. And so there are massive consequences to altitude, to playing at altitude as well. So there, the, um, I've seen some other stuff from uh, Orico and from uh, Whoop Band. Yeah. Um, and talking about HRV and um, Matt, I can't remember, Matteo, can't remember, some Italian, uh, Altini. Um, who is um, a HRV specialist, heart rate variability. And uh, the so basically how heart rate variability works, it's the relationship between the RSTQ curve, the the bit, the blip you see on ER. Yeah. Um, and you need some variability in your heart, and the less there is, the more fatigued you are, your system is. And so uh, there are lots of consequences to that, but it's one of the markers that we look for in training effects of players. So it's just like your system is a bit dulled. It can't, it doesn't have the same level of electricity flying through it for you to jump fast, make decisions quickly. You cognitive, you can be cognitively impaired, all of those things. So the, the further that the, the, the higher the number of time zones traveled, has an impact on they think it's it reduces the amount of sleep by an hour per mm. night and per hour um of sleep reduces hrv by five percent that's a quite a significant change and that's the science behind if they're if they're traveling over nine time zones they're over over the course of a week nine time zones cost you nine hours of sleep and that's a 45 percent reduction in your hrv um and you get flagged at 20 percent reduction in hrv um so their systems are just dulled yeah. by the travel there, there might be more significant uh, changes on one player to the to another player. We were talking about testosterone levels, which are yeah. very real. You might have Darwin's, the bloody caveman, which are in he has insane levels of testosterone, but he also yeah. requires to that heightened state of arousal to be at his best, and he might be trying wanting to sleep at twelve o'clock in the day. Mm. That's very normal, and then you'll get the the Scottish blood of McAllister, and uh, he is fit and fresh in the morning but the travel kills him 
Yeah. You, know, you just each player is going to be slightly different, but McAllister from the last international break, uh, the, not the one, not the last one, but the first one, because we have three at this time of year, because it's fucking ridiculous. We yeah. can't, they can't get enough money in to make us make uh, our internationals play stupid friendlies. Um, but they Nations League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that game, when uh, when Matt got ro- he, he got dra- uh, dragged off at half time because uh, he made a big mistake and he yeah, was garbage. Yeah. He was very obviously impaired by it, it looked like cloudiness. I I get it. Like if you've travelled a lot, you get you understand what jet lag is. Yeah, it just take a millisecond longer to go. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, you sit at the lights and the lights change and you're you're getting beeped because there's a second yeah. delay in in your response. And when you're a professional elite level footballer, so many decisions that you have to make are absolutely are rapid. You will get Mac might not be able to do more kickoffs than uh, Joe James you see on your street who's seventeen because mm. he's got mad skills. But what he does have is the ability to access those skills more quickly than anybody you know. Yeah. And if you take away the ability to to make decisions that quickly and your gross motor at the speed to access the gross motor skills, just a millisecond, you're stumbling over your feet. You've yeah. got you've got some big angry grok robbing the ball off you at uh, nine meters per second, then he's off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's a very real consequence of that. I, I, I like to call it, to say that they're dull sensors. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But yeah, there are so many factors behind this. And, yeah. and the weird thing is I've argued against how bad it actually is having to to try to play at 12:30 as opposed to three o'clock. Because I'm not sure how bad it is. Yeah. But it's it doesn't make it not unfair. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right, definitely. I think a 12:30 kickoff when you've been at home all week or you've recovered from a Maybe you're, well, you would never be a twelve thirty kickoff if you had a Europa League game. But say you'd had a, a Carabao Cup game on the Tuesday night, and you get a twelve thirty kickoff. I can, I can kind of. Oh, I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. When it's yeah, an international break, and it, it, it is, it is different. It is different factors entirely. And I think uh, I really like the way you're saying that. That sense is dull thing. If people aren't, like, people aren't fully aware of how fast Premier League football, let, let alone professional football. Then you go League Two, League One, Championship. Premier League football is the fastest league in the world. We know that from from stats. And if you want to, there's a company called Rezzle, which do some great. Um, basically, you're in the game. You know, it's I've heard that up. name before. I've heard that name, Rezzle. Yeah, where, where? yeah, exactly. It's funny, though, isn't it? Yeah, virtual reality stuff. The Rezzle do, and they can pop you in a game. And some you, you saw Sky Sports trying to bring it out a little bit as well with the, like you had Carrigo with the the big goggles on, like looking around what players would see in the matches and stuff and they play it at real time and it is just like it's like everything's all over the place right and and people can't appreciate how quick that is um when you're in it you know and it's and i can't say that because i never played in the premier league (laughs) i never played professional football but i've stood on the sideline and i've watched premier league players train and you go whoa um, if you, know, you just you know. watch, if you just watch, uh, go to a game early and just watch the um, the warm up yeah. of uh, a rondo. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, scary. it's absurdly fast. Yeah, and yeah. and a rondo, you have people in front of you the whole time. On in a game, they're coming from all directions <laughs> at all times. <laughs> exactly. 
yeah, um, yeah it's, it is absurdly fast. So you being able to reduce the re- the react, you increase the reaction time. Mm. Just that one, that one physiological change alone will make a, a significant difference. But yeah. I would like, I would like to layer on top of the actual footballing difference is that that same delayed response in a gross motor skill mm. of controlling a football or passing a football. Yeah. If you have half of that delay in you, your um, accessing of uh, your semitendinosis at full speed and your braking, if you brake uh, a thousandth of a second slower than, than you naturally would have, there's a tear in your hammy. There's a tear in your ACL. Mm-hmm. And if you find that the uh, I, I like to explain it like if you everybody's been through this, if you walk down the stairs at night to go get a drink, sometimes you miscount and you think that you've hit you're at the bottom and or, or so you think there's an, an extra step yeah, yeah, and you've yeah. hit the bottom already. That feeling there is what happens when you're a little bit tired or you're a little bit overtrained when you're running and you just contract. It's just a subtle contraction of the muscle, but it's a tiny bit late. Yeah. Just a tiny, the tiniest pulse late. Yeah. And that's when cat- catastrophe happens from a muscle perspective, from a, yeah. a knee joint perspective, from an ankle perspective. If you're not able to create the column in the right shape at the right time, at the right speed, that's when you get injuries all over the place. Yeah, so there is a very real world injury consequence to injury, increase in injury risk as a consequence of the lack of sleep of the extra travel. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we, we know. I mean, we know that is a fact. We and we know that's why that's why every football club tracks or is trying to track sleep, track fatigue. You know, it's, it, there's a reason why we do it. We're not just doing it for the sake of it. Um, because we are trying to prevent these injuries, and you bang on. Like I, I, I like the example of if I'm jumping up for a header, for example. If you think of like a worst case scenario when you're midair and you get contact, you know, and your your usual landing mechanics of a jump and land when you've got no contact, all of a sudden you're in the air, you get contact, it's throwing things out of place. You've got to react in a really difficult situation because you're midair, um, and you've got to do it very quickly because things are happening so quick. A big elbow pushes you. You you know moving sideways, whatever it might be. Your body's then got to completely react, change to how it's going to land. Now again, if there's that split second delay in how you're landing, and you're landing, let's say your ankles should land here for a nice safe landing, and instead it lands there, extra force outside of ankle, ankle goes bang, and you're out for you know. But if it's a grade three, it's a, it's a long old time, couple of months sort of thing. So that split seconds, but split seconds matter in elite football. Um, so is it, <laughs> and, and injuries especially so. There's there's no surprise that uh, the the uh, injury rate uh, per game week is five percent higher on the week recovering from international break. Yeah, yeah. just players are less prepared. Yeah. Players are more fatigued. Yeah. Players have, um, I'm I'm sure. So um, Jordan worked for Bournemouth in the Premier League, um, and he will have had uh, you you've had uh, players off international break. Those lads when they go off, they've got whole new staffs it's better than it was five years ago yeah. but there's still you've still got five dudes that want to be SNCs to those lads that want to show the value of them as SNCs with those lads mm-hmm. that probably train them in a way that that they're one at very best not used to 
but two, probably a little bit harder than you would yeah. on on days when they might not be tested, yeah. let's say, yeah, because yeah. they arrive at international camp on uh, Sunday or on Monday after games. And if they played on Saturday, you uh, match day plus one, you might have a, re- a rest day. It might be an active recovery day, but they might show up at international break having travelled yeah. and have to train. Yeah. Because they have a game three days away and they have to prepare for it. Yeah. And and very often, um the how I would I don't know, categorize this, the higher level of football nation, they they like to prove their value in their yeah. uh, their SCs yeah. and, and they're they're physiolog- they're doing physiological testing on, yeah. on on the first day in. Where where at the club we would have them stretching, rolling in a mm. pool. They'll be doing sprint tests, yeah, which is the opposite. Mm. And at one point, Liverpool had thirty-four percent of their injuries came from international breaks. Yeah, um, uh, and you can understand why. So, so on top of all of the travel and the shitty twelve thirty kickoffs, you still have to um, get lads back that have been training with different people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So there's a big chance that that. that adds to the injury risk and then so what we've what we've created here is a is a a hurricane of of injury risk Mm. yeah just snowball effect isn't it yeah 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 extra effect on top of extra effect right is there anything we can do to mitigate that what would you have to to mitigate these uh the these issues wow loads of things i think yeah i think that the the international schedule could be, could be one thing. I think you've hit the nail on the head there as well in terms of what happens when they're in the international break. Um, like you say, it's definitely better than it used to be, but I'm I'm talking all the way down in academy level, um, even with under 15s, 14s, 16s, things like that. They're going off to international camps and you get, yes, you get the, you know, as if you're looking after a group of those players, you get the emails from the press. Right, I've got a report. They did they did 1,800 metres this uh, in the last two days. Great. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it, it is it's like, okay, cool. But you again you you got it spot on in the bigger nations, let's say, let's just take England for example, because that's what we know, that they're gonna have their brand of football. Everyone's got their own brand, their style on football. They want to be, you know, aggressive press, win the ball back early, lots of repeated sprint. So naturally repeated sprint ability is gonna be a big thing we're gonna look at. We're probably going to want to test that and see where players are. Now, I've I've been fortunate enough in in my career. I've spent a fair amount of time at St George's Park, and you go and use the gym there, where you go in in there, and they've got all the leaderboards from the male and female team. It's their corridor, yeah, their corridor, it, it, it's, it's, it's 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 a brilliant place to be. But you you see all these leaderboards of testing scores and everything. You see it whenever you know whenever the England players go to England and St George's Park, you go on their Instagram, go on the FA Instagram, and you'll see them doing. You know, six-second watt bike tests, maybe like max isometric midside pull tests, whatever it might be, max jump tests, Nordics. You know, all this sort of you know big, high, kind of high-intensity tests sort of stuff, which you bang on. Whereas if they if, they, if it wasn't international break on that exact day, they'd probably be in a pool having a little really nice light cycle. And a bit just just for reference, all those things that Jordan just named, they are all they all have a massive impact on the on the CNS on their HRV that we're talking about. So you doing you doing isometric mid mid thigh pulls? That's literally the hardest hardest force you can pull. 
Yeah. Hardest thing. Maximal. (laughs) Maximal. Six seconds. What bike is you putting your balls on the table and somebody setting fire to them and you've got to, you've got to ride away from that into a pool for six seconds. Mm. It's the hardest possible thing that you're putting your body through. Mm. It sounds like a small, short amount of time. It has a huge consequence on the, on the, uh, the system of the body. And that's usually on a day they should be resting. Mm. Yeah. And, and they'll probably I'll do that every layer, count. Got yeah. So I, I'd add a layer to this that, say, Virgil van Dijk is going to be slightly different, right? But if you're getting, um, we we we're lucky in that we have a lot of very senior professionals, yeah. But you're getting Trent taken yeah. to the England team. He's competing his nuts off yeah. from the first second he arrives in England camp because he's desperate to get in the team in a way that he wouldn't be, yeah. For us, he would be managed and they would optimize his performance output during the course of the week. He is doing everything he yeah. possibly can to look like the most intense dude. So that's an extra level of that's what you're going to get. That's what Brentford are going to get when they have yeah. Wemo go away yeah. or what, like those lads. That's what you get. Those, those middling level, the ones that aren't captain of their international team that can just stroll up and they, yeah. they know if you're not Harry Maguire and you don't know, you're going to get p- picked as soon as you show up, like the the level of intensity in their training is off the chart. Cause you're yeah. trying to prove to, these are a whole lot of alphas in a room yeah. and they're oh, trying yeah. to prove to the manager, but they're also trying to trying to get themselves up the leaderboard Yeah, in a way that their club would never have done. You no. might do some, some, demand testing two days a week if you've got no game at the weekend yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not when he's not when he just played a game and he got a game in two days time yeah exactly so, exactly exactly yeah, yeah exactly so yeah we, we know and again I, I did say earlier i mean i'm no disrespect to the smaller nations but that's probably not the pinnacle of football but the world cups european championships you know the big big competitions when you've got you know all your internationals there that is like you just said there you know you know, back to the wall, we're going for it to sort of mentality. We want to be the best we can be. The intensity is through the roof. It has to be because it's international football and you want to win for your country. It's the highest honour at the end of the day. So the international breaks aren't, um, yeah, they're not just a nice little walk in the park. Oh, we'll go and put our feet up for a bit, a, do a few rondos, maybe some crossbar challenge, and then we'll go in and we'll rock up and play Brazil at the weekend. You know, it's not it's not that sort of vibe. So, um yeah, it, you know. And so, so to are... mitigate the, these, go back to the original uh, question. To mitigate the demands that we're the the costs of, mm. of this, you have to reduce either international games or have maybe. Do we think uh, a more coherent, cohesive uh, connection between clubs and national team? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable 
there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So they align a little bit better. We saw, um, I saw Trent and um, Connor and I don't know, the three lads that played for, uh, played yesterday Mm. or played on Sunday. They had their own program on Monday, which is new. Yeah. This is, this is new. Um, they weren't doing this three years ago. They yeah. would have just all been together. So, so maybe they are um, getting better all the time, but we're still a ways away from yeah. uh, what is optimal for the players. Yeah, and naturally as well. I think you said it earlier as well. That when you go on international camp, the staff there don't know the players. They, they, they will have seen them in multiple camps, or they might have known you know different clubs. Or they might have worked the same club previously, but every single player in that room. They will not know in the same way that the staff at the club will. You know, Liverpool's first team, SNC sports scientists, you know, physios, sports therapists, massage therapists, they know the ins and outs of every single player in that squad. They will know when they're having an off day, just probably when they walk in the door. Yeah, you, know, you, can, know... see you can see it with a player that you know. Yeah. When they walk in the door, you can tell somebody. I, I see it with girls more, even yeah. that, you know, they've just got a squidgy day today. That's just, they've got a bit of a slow day. And and footballers, male footballers, they have circadian rhythm, but they they also, there is definitely some kind of um, rhythm to their cycle. Yeah. It might, it's longer than a girl's cycle, but there's definitely a cycle in there. And and there is uh, training effects that mm. you see in players. And, but also what, in, what international I, I'd suggest whatever what international coaches don't have is uh, an understanding of the person as well. Yeah. So, so at the club, you'd be you'd be very much aware of uh, his brother's wife has just had a miscarriage. Yeah, and he's been around at his brother's house for three days, you know, consoling him. That kind of stuff, like, yeah. is all likelihood. You show up at uh, Argentinian camp, and the Argentinian coaches know that your wife is pregnant or she's about to give birth. But, like, there are lots of uh, areas between I've got a perfectly happy life and I'm perfectly uh, ready to train and, like, somebody dying. Yeah. And and the international coach would know the big things, but it's mm. the stuff every day that yeah. they don't yeah. see. Yeah. My daughter, somebody's daughter's doing her, uh, has just started school and you can't sleep or, you know, those things. Yeah, 100%. They, they, and they matter. Anyone who works at a club will tell you that that matters, you know, and, and the person behind the player is a huge, huge factor in performance. Um, and these aren't robots. I hate, I hate the way it's starting to become now with... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. 
or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Money. It is probably money. TV deals. We're going to play more fixtures. We're going to play. We're going to create a, just an entire new European competition called the Europa Conference League. Why not? Need more European football in there. Like you said, the Nations League. And it's like, these aren't robots. These players are they're going to break. Like we're expecting the levels just continue to increase um beyond levels that you know that's been before and there is going to become a turning point where players are just going to start breaking down um and it's it, not happening the in- injury rates are going up year on year yeah at the same time as match demands are going up year on yeah. year and then and the number of days they have so i talk about it on here all the time match day plus four the number of those is going down yeah year on year yeah and the the league so covid broke the cycle, the rhythm of an international season. Yeah. And it just opened the doors to the money men. Yeah. So then that, ah, okay, so now we don't need a 38-week season. Yeah. Let's see if we can sneak a 43-week season, shall we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the thing that's worrying as well is it's like, oh, so we can do Winter World Cups, you know. Well, why don't we do it again? We've done it once, Um, you know, and then... Let's stick a a World Cup on three continents at the same time. Yeah. How mental is that? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, even when the European Championships went, oh, we're not hosting it in one country. We're going to do it across multiple, basically across Europe. Just makes no sense. It, it, it's, it's nonsensical. It is a money grab. Unfortunately, that is modern football. Let's face it. And it's probably only going to get worse before it ever gets better. So there's going to be knock on effects. And typically, it's going to be the players and the managers who are going to face those consequences. So, you know, opposing fans say, "Our oh, clock's moaning again." But in my opinion, there is a reason to moan. So, well, I read this morning that Noel Gallagher agrees with Klopp. So, that, so there you go. Wow. All you need. There Noel you go, Gallagher agree, agrees with Klopp, <laughs> and at some point, I even until he changed his mind, Gary Neville agreed with Klopp. So that's mm. that's that's your take home from this: that Klopp is right. Yeah, there you go. There Dude. you go. He's really right. appreciate your time. I'm going to take your whole day. You have to get back on and uh, and and busy the world but yeah. uh but appreciate it no love it thanks for having me on mate much appreciate uh, if give me your twitter so those people that don't follow you on twitter already that already that they can find you and your um yeah stuff nonsense <laughs> at at jordan 92 that's the best one you'll you'll see me tweeting loads of stuff or xing i don't know what you call it Re- reposting i don't know what it's called nowadays but yeah at jordan 92 that's probably the best one awesome dude appreciate it thank you I loved it. Speak soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.